Hi, I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. We're in our quarter, Making Friends for God, the joy of sharing in his mission. And this week is lesson seven, Sharing the Word. That's right. And, and before I don't know about, we get too oh, far, ahead. you had mentioned, and I thought I should, you know, maybe our viewers aren't aware, but you can actually get the quarterly in a loose leaf format. All you have to Three do hole is punch, yeah. let your teacher know, and you can order it that way. Um, they're actually, I've talked to somebody at the General Conference, and they're actually working on updating the Sabbath School app, and I'm really excited Ooh. about it. We may talk about that in the future with some really great features. Um, but you can get the both the regular lesson and the teacher's quarterly in a loose leaf binder if that works for you. Yeah, and between the app, of course, that we'll talk about yes. later, and they have a teacher's edition, the student edition, they have the easy reader edition, they have large print, they have the regular binding, they have three whole bunch. So there are so many different ways to get this That's Sabbath right. school material. In fact, one that I have found really helpful that I like is the inverse lesson. Mm. The challenge is they only follow the quarterly, the adult quarterly, every other. It's the collegiate, the mm -hmm. new collegiate. And currently they follow the, the quarterly, the adult quarterly, every other lesson. Yeah. And so... But it's a totally different approach to doing the weekly Sabbath level study, and it's a really good, solid material. pushes yeah. you to, to process through the, the information a little bit more. It takes you out of the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday format and that kind right. of thing. So anyway, there's strengths and weaknesses, a lot of good resources there at the General Conference Sabbath School and Personal Ministries Department. That's but right. for our purposes today, we are in Lesson 7, Sharing the Word. And I tell you, Mark, whenever I look at, think of witnessing and sharing my faith, I'm automatically thinking of either public evangelism or personal Bible study giving or, or somehow giving literature. And here we're on Lesson 7 before we get to actual the substance of what it is worth to share, <laughs> yes. which is the Word of God. So I'm excited about this week's lesson. Oh, absolutely. And, and you bring up a point that is so important. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, when I witness, I just, I share Jesus. Uh, I share my testimony. I share my, almost as if those things somewhere independently exist from the Word. Even to the point where sometimes the, the Bible is seen as this kind of dry and yeah, it's like, you know, oh, you that, do like, Bible studies. Yes. No, no, I share my testimony. Which there's, of course, we should share a testimony. There's nothing wrong with that. But I like what it says <laughs> on Sabbath afternoon's lesson, uh, right there in the first paragraph. It says, "When we witness, we speak of Jesus." But what would we know about Jesus without the Bible? <laughs> Amen. In fact, how much would we know about the great controversy, the love of God, and the birth, life, ministry, death, resurrection, and return of our Lord if we did not have the Scriptures? Amen. Although nature reveals the majesty and power of God, it doesn't reveal the plan of salvation. It goes on. So, mm -hmm. great point there. There are things we take for granted, like when we witness, like, well, you know, I just talk about the love of God. Well, how do you know about the love of God? How do you know what it's like? How do you right. compare it with it's from the Word. So the basis of all of our witness is the Word of God. And before we go any further, we need to begin with a word of prayer. That's right. Let's bow our heads. Dear Holy Father, thank you so much for another day of life. Thank you for the opportunity to know you through a reading of your Word and to share you with others through that same Word. Please bless our time as we prepare for this week's Sabbath School study. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this week's key points in the Sharing the Word study are the following. Number one, the word imparts spiritual life. Number two, the word sustains spiritual life. And just commenting on those right away, we had talked about this. It's interesting that much of the lesson deals with the word's impact on us, not on others. Mm. So as much as we're talking about witnessing in the word, the way the lesson is put up, a lot of it deals with 
just the word in general right. and how it impacts our lives. Yeah, and it is a beautiful resource. Mm -hmm. It's, it's God-given, of course. It's inspired of him, and it does. And it a whole quarter on it. Exactly, and it does impart spiritual life. It sustains spiritual life. But this quarter's lessons are about sharing our faith. And so we key probably are going three. to go to key point number three and spend most of our time there. The word gives us our message. Yes. And that is what we are to share with the world. So let's go through those, shall we? So let's start with the word imparts spiritual life. And we want to keep in mind that, you know, when you're going through the lesson, whether you're a student or a teacher, you want to try to keep the overarching theme. Remember that this, this quarter is about making friends for God. It's witnessing is sharing so even as we're looking at you know the, the the word imparting spiritual life i'm looking at this from the standpoint of witnessing and this is what i mean um the bible tells us and this was not this particular text wasn't in the lesson i don't believe that we are dead in trespasses and sins mm -hmm. ephesians 2 verse 1 okay um that's how we come into the world now when i didn't have christ i was dead in trespasses and sins but i was alive Mm -hmm. I was breathing, kicking, acting, playing soccer, doing it. In other words, I had physical life. So how is it that I was dead or you were dead? Yeah. We lacked spiritual life. There's no, not only a lack of interest in spiritual things, but the graces of spirituality, mm -hmm. the kindness the and the meekness and the, yes. and the tr true, gen genuine, those are things that come through spiritual life. And so uh, the Bible tells us in John 1 verse 4, Speaking of Jesus, the Word, in the beginning was the mm -hmm. Word. Verse 4 says, in him was life. And it's speaking especially of that spiritual life. In other words, we are born without it. Jesus is full of it. He's the substance of it. And Jesus went on to say in John 6, 63, the words I speak are spirit and life. Mm -hmm. And so we understand the scripture as that which imparts to us spiritual life. And I want I want to refer to that in First um, Peter chapter 1. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. And if you get it, go ahead and I'm still turning. Sure. First Peter one verse twenty three. Well, twenty three is, is in the middle of a sentence, but I'll start with verse twenty two to give a little context. It says, since you have been, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse twenty three is the key. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So we know that when we talk about being born again, we're talking about being born spiritually, right? receiving spiritual life. But this text is interesting in that it tells us that we're born again through the Word of God, much as the Word spoke in the beginning. So <coughs> the Word of God actually imparts spiritual life. Right. Uh, another text that says similarly, and I'm not going to look it up, James 1.18 says almost verbatim what Peter just said, that we're mm. born again through the through Word the of word. God. Now, in the context of witnessing, what this says to me is a, a love for souls is not inherent in us. Mm. It's not natural. I don't have a love to see other souls saved until I receive spiritual life. So the word has to impart spiritual life to me, and imparting that spiritual life, it imparts the love of God, not just for me, but for others. Mm. And it, it uh, begets in us that missionary right, spirit. right. And I think of the statement from Steps to Christ. It's in our little uh, handout here. It's also in quarterly... Uh, quarterly page, uh, I mean, Thursday's, Thursday's lesson, lesson, right? paragraph three. No sooner does one come to Christ and there is born in his heart a desire to make known to others 
what a precious friend he has found in Jesus. The saving and sanctifying truth cannot be shut up in his heart. If we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ and filled with the joy of his indwelling spirit, we shall not be able to hold our peace. Mm. So that's just saying that 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 spiritual life filled with the spirit imparts into us um, the graces of the spirit and a passion for souls. Right. And so what I think is fascinating here is that the word not only gives to us spiritual life and the guarantee of eternal life, right? But the life, the nature of that life is one of mission. It's one of That's service. Right. It wants to share. So it's not just like, I've secured my place. That's right. I'm, I'm it's loved. not a self-serving Right. It, it's a love. selfless love that mm-hmm. looks for opportunities to share with others. Absolutely. So that's, you know, key is the word of God begets spiritual life, right. especially in the context of witnessing. It drives us to that witness. Now, besides furnishing with uh, 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 the experience of that we, when we experience Christ through the word, that's, you know, we come to know Jesus through the word and all those things that can be said along those lines. Right. And in our Sabbath school classes this week, it might be very tempting to just go off about how wonderful the word is and what it does for me and what yes. it does for me and what it does for me. And that's what Mark and I were talking about in our pre-meeting. Uh, the bulk of the lesson is written kind of from that perspective, and, or at least it could be definitely taken there in a Sabbath school setting. So if I were a teacher or even a student, I would expect it like, okay, but let's keep it in the context of how is this equipping me to better share my faith, not yes. just to have a better experience personally. And remember, for us, key point number three is the key, because in witnessing, witnessing is ultimately about a message. And you could say the message of Jesus in a very generic way, right. but we find the message in the word, we right. find the power of that message in the word, and it's so easy. I've mentioned this before in one of our videos on how to teach the lesson, that part of the job of the teacher is to is to clarify those things that are becoming cloudy. Mm. And and the idea of teaching and instruction and doctrinal truth and prophecy and prophetic messages mm-hmm. all are coming and have been coming under attack for some time yes. now. And so it needs to be clarified in this lesson, and that's what we're going to take time to do. Right. And if I were teaching it, I'd spend more time with the class, just helping them to understand the value of our message, and that the key reason for its value is that it is... It is the, the thing it, that brings spiritual life into, like, if we... If not we only have, that, but it, it, it is clearly what Scripture outlines. In other words, yeah. the message... In other words, it's not me making it, well, you know, we have these beliefs and it's what the Bible teaches and tells well, us to teach. That was even the to commission. That point, sometimes we'll hear it in conversations here and there, or maybe not this phrase, but the sense that, well, we have this precious Adventist message, which is great and all, yes. but we really should teach, preach Jesus. Yes. As though they're somehow distinct from each and other. Jesus himself said in the Great Commission, teaching them to observe all, all things. things whatsoever I've yeah. commanded you. So we'll get to that in a minute. So we, the word imparts spiritual life, important point. And then the next point is the word also sustains that spiritual life. And mm-hmm. the lesson brings up a number of things here. It talks about the, the, the value of the promises of God and how those promises give us hope and strength and encouragement. For example, it brings up 1 John 1, 9 that gives us that hope and confidence of forgiveness and cleansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 3 that tells us we can become partakers of the divine nature through the promises in the word, which goes back to that spiritual life idea. Right. Uh, Philippians 4.13, which talks about how I can do, do all, all things, things through Christ, Christ who strengthens me. So Christ strengthens me to do whatever. And Verse course, 19, God will supply all my needs, right? right. Matthew 28.20, where Jesus says, I am with you always. All of those are important in our spiritual, in our regular daily spiritual walk, as well as in witnessing to others, knowing that God will strengthen us, that Jesus is with us always. 
And so there's that sustenance in the word and right. through the word. Now, what I wanted to skip down to here is the next point uh, yes. is the Second Timothy chapter 3, where yes. the Apostle Paul, speaking of the power of the word of God and the practical application of that power, what it does for us in our lives, he tells Timothy, uh, again, Second Peter, uh, Timothy, and just to 3. clarify for our viewers, to the next point in our outline. Yes, and in other again, words, we're the, still on the <laughs> same key point: the yes. word sustains spiritual life. And our first point is the promises of God give us hope, strength, and encouragement. But the second point is, yes, when he's speaking to Timothy, the Apostle Paul explains, but you, verse fourteen, must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from right. whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, if it stopped right there, you could say the scriptures are good for you to have eternal life. Right. right? But the passage continues, saying in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That means it's useful. You can do yes. something with it for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. To what end? Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the word of God not only gives us the assurance of eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus, which we praise the Lord for, but beyond that, it equips us to do something for him, to be of service That's in right. his cause. And every good work, I mean, the context, the good work of the man of God is, mm -hmm. especially, specifically, Timothy, yeah. who is a well, apprentice of Paul, is, the work is the work of soul saving. Well, and the very next thing in chapter 4, which, of course, there yes. were chapter delineations when he was first written, right? I charge you, therefore, what? Verse 2, preach the word, That's right? right? And so the preparation that the Bible gives us is well, to give says, the message to the world, which is the word of God. That's right. And he says, in season and out of season, which I want to come to in a little bit okay. when we talk about the message. So something that, that uh, when we're talking about this, and it may come up in class, is a lot of times, again, people, there's this mindset today that, that doctrinal truth is not relevant to the needs of yeah you don't really want to get to their heart the heart yeah. and the emotion and and so there's there's a, a, been a de-emphasis on that and even the idea of witnessing yeah very very or frequently. even inside of churches you'll have people like i know we should witness and do evangelism that kind of stuff that's what i was going to say but we really need to build up our own very frequently yeah. we'll say our church isn't ready to witness yet that's because right. we have too many problems and, and we're struggling etc and the the, the the tragedy of that is that many Seventh-day Adventists either don't know or have forgotten that focusing on, we used to call it navel-gazing, <laughs> is never going to fix the church. It's never going to fix the problems. Mm. It's going to magnify the problems. And there's a fantastic statement in the Review and Herald of September 2, 1890. Here's a piece of it. It says, It is in working for others that we forget ourselves. And that's an interesting thing. The whole idea is if we don't forget ourselves and we're focused on ourselves, mm -hmm. And isn't that what we're doing? We're like, we're going to fix our problems. Yeah. It'll never fix the problems. Listen, it is in working for others that we forget ourselves, but those who do nothing for their fellow men become morbid and self-centered and time hangs heavily upon their hands. It is those who are not engaged in this unselfish labor who have a sickly experience mm -hmm. and become worn out with struggling, doubting, murmuring, sinning, and repenting until they lose all sense as to what constitutes genuine religion. They feel that they cannot go back to the world, and so they hang on the skirts of Zion, that is, in the church, lingering in the edges, not really being involved in the mission, having petty jealousies, envyings, disappointments, and remorse. They are full of fault-finding, 
and feed upon the mistakes and errors of their brethren. Hmm. They have only a hopeless, faithless, sunless experience in their religious life. Well, Mercy. these are all the problems that people are saying we have in our church, so we can't so, do the selfless the is, work. If we can fix that, then we'll go to work. But the very cure for that is the work. <laughs> it, not doing that is the cause of all the problems. Exactly. And so, yes, the, the, the idea of the word sustaining spiritual life a part of that is ministering That's right. the word. That it's was not part just of the... holding onto the word, but it's sharing the word is how it imparts the spiritual life. Yeah, the lesson brought that out, and I'm trying to remember where now, but just <laughs> the idea that good news is to be shared. And, and it's a Thursday, top very first thing. Good news is for sharing. Mm -hmm. The gospel isn't to keep to ourselves. And so just inherent in the whole idea of it is that sharing is part and parcel, which we talked about last time. Witnessing is not a spiritual gift. That's right. Well, and you brought up Thursday's lesson, it's which is, of course is titled Sharing the Word. And the title of this entire week's lesson is Sharing the Word. Yes. So, you know, here we are. Thursday's lesson gets to the sharing the word yes. that was promised at the very beginning. And um, and I need to interject here. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to point three, but Sunday's lesson, I cut out completely. And I just want our, our, you know, sometimes we feel like we've got to cover every last thing. Well, it was in the lesson. I scratched out the page and put irrelevant. And that well, doesn't mean to it, be it's clear it's not unimportant or insignificant. No, I didn't it just say that. means irrelevant for the point you're trying to land this it week. It takes time away from me conveying what I think the heart right. of the lesson needs to say. And I, that's not finding fault with the contributor or anything else. It's there's good stuff in it, but I'm just saying we could get sidetracked all the time on things that and and well, I'm sure the contributor lesson would put it in a different framework. But for me as I went through it, I thought me making these points is just taking away from a more important point that I as the teacher want to convey. Right. And to, to make sure everybody understands, you've got your lessons in front of you, but it's called symbols of God's word. That's the point yes. you went over. And it, it's the analogies of the Bible inside the Bible about how it's light, it's fire, it's power, it's a hammer, all of which is good and stuff. And I can spin that in a, a soul winning direction. Exactly. It's light to the those living in darkness, right. etc. But it's not You could either essential. skip it all together or you could highlight it in 30 seconds and move on, but it's not the big yes. rock in the jar this week. Yes, and I'm not telling you. Yeah, I'm not telling you to, to dismiss it altogether. I just want our teachers to know Put that you, when you're teaching the lesson, have the ability. Don't feel like you have to cover everything. It's like because you could be thinking like us. Well, I really want to make this point here, but I just don't have time. No, make sure you have Get time to make main the points. important That's points. That's right. Anyway, so our main point number three yes. is that the word gives us our message, and That's you are right. bringing out the fact that all throughout the Bible those who are converted are going around not just sharing their faith in a generic sense, but they're specifically preaching the word. That's right. We've looked at that before. Do a word search on it. And you know the early Testament church, they preached the word. Right. They all preached the word. Right. They didn't just talk. They didn't just give their testimony. They preached the word. Mm -hmm. And what was the word that they were preaching? Because you mentioned they weren't just telling their testimony, but a lot of people right. say, well, I didn't preach the word, but I did share Jesus. Well, what's fascinating, yeah. see, so we, we talk about, and we're going to get into this in just a minute, but our message, specifically as a Seventh-day Adventist, is a prophetic one. And sometimes people act like, oh, yeah, but oh. we just need to preach like they did preach the gospel, like the apostles. What you'll find is the message of Jesus was a prophetic one. Yes, it was. The message of the apostles was yes, a prophetic was. one. Uh, reading here two powerful statements, one from the book Desire of Ages, 233. Paragraph 3, it says, The burden of Christ's preaching was, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's taken from Mark 115. And then Ellen White comments, 
Thus, the gospel message as given by the Savior himself was based on the prophecies. Can't get away from that. My goodness. And you read yeah. the two New Testament anywhere. You see the Apostle Paul. How did he preach Christ? Right. Look at that. So why don't you read it? that next statement from Acts of the Apostles 247? Uh, this is, again, like he said, Acts of the Apostles 247. From the Old Testament scriptures, he, that is the Apostle Paul, showed that according to the prophecies and the universal expectation of the Jews, the Messiah would be of the lineage of Abraham and of David. Then he traced the descendant of Jesus uh, from the patriarch Abraham to the royal psalmist. He read the testimony of the prophets regarding the character and work of the promised Messiah and his reception and treatment on the earth. Then he showed that all these predictions had been fulfilled in the life, ministry, and death of Jesus of Nazareth. So he essentially walked through the Old Testament prophecies, showed their application, thus Jesus the is the fulfillment of those prophecies, right? So Jesus preached the prophecies when he gave the gospel. That's right. Paul preached the I think of Peter on the day of Pentecost, right? He quotes all those Old Testament to say that now this is Jesus repeatedly they would take the Bible, specifically the prophetic elements of the yeah. Bible, and base their gospel presentation, couch it in that prophetic framework. That's right, and we've talked about that in past lessons, and we have lesson number 12 coming up, deals with our message, and we'll talk yes, about does. that a little more fully. But very clearly, they had a prophetic message, and that's significant to us because as Seventh-day Adventists, we see our identity in Scripture. Yes. Time permitting, we go to Revelation 10 and go through the whole thing. Right. But Revelation 10 is a prophecy of the rise of the Advent movement, and it's stunning to see the fulfillment of that. Right. And the chapter ends with these words, Thou must prophesy again, speaking to these people who, mm -hmm. who, who ate the book of Daniel, etc., etc. Right. And that prophesying again, giving a message that they began to give, is the message we find in Revelation 14. Right, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church's mission statement is to give the three angels' message to the world. And so, again, we oftentimes will, and maybe not consciously, but maybe accidentally slip up and say that, well, I know we don't, we don't want to give, we, I mean, Bible studies are good and the Adventist message is precious, but let's start by just sharing Jesus. Let's just start by sharing the basic gospel. But you look at the reality. How did Jesus preach the gospel? How did Paul well, preach? Yeah, How did Peter preach? What, basic, what, what does, does that, that even mean? mean? <laughs> yeah, and so if... Look, I'll Paul tell you was what, preaching I'll present truth. Peter was preaching present it's truth. It's code language. And I remember uh, a minister who used to say, um, some Adventists say that I, pref I don't prefer doctrine. I prefer preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. And he said the reality with a lot of people is what they really mean by that is they prefer Baptist doctrine to Adventist doctrine. Mm, mercy. And, and, I, and I hate yeah. it. But doctrine, the gospel is a doctrine. Right. Doctrine means teaching. And a, a basic gospel... What's more basic than scripture? Right. You know, so it's, um, now one thing, I, we want to look at Revelation 14, that context a little bit, but I want to backtrack just a bit. Okay. Uh, the lesson brings out Isaiah 50, verse 4, which I think is a great verse, where it tells us that the Lord will uh, give us a tongue of the learned and uh, teach us how to speak a word in season to those who are weary. In other words, how to speak, when to speak, what to speak. Mm -hmm. And it's a great verse, it's a great promise that God will guide us in what to say. Mm -hmm. And again, the lesson you know, asks what vital principles about sharing the word of God do these bring out? And even says, um, it also gives 2 Timothy 4.2 where we just read it, mm -hmm. about speaking a word, in, word season in season and out of season. Right. Um, I think it's important to note that uh, the idea of preaching what to say, when to say, and how to say it, that's this nebulous you're like, mm -hmm. okay, great, God will guide us, and we feel good about that. But God has told us what to speak and when to speak and how to speak it yes. in the three angels' messages. I yes, mean, that's a very specific prescription. And the idea of in-season and out-of-season, out-of-season 
in season is when everybody's good with it. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. But not everybody's always good with the message, but that's not an indication not to give the message. I think of a couple statements that come to my mind. Evangelism 647 says this, we are not only to make the iron hot by, uh, we are not only to strike, strike when the iron is hot, hot, but we are also to make the iron hot by striking. And that doesn't mean striking people and getting right. fit, but it's talking about agitating a subject mm -hmm. that people may not feel ready for because our times, the times we're living in is ready for it. Yes. And there needs to be um, discussion and thought on that thing, uh, whatever subject. For example, another one that says uh, in the book Education, page 236, the Sabbath question will agitate the whole world. And it's that same idea of hammering, mm -hmm. making the iron hot by striking. Sometimes, it's, To me, that's out of season. Mm -hmm. People don't necessarily feel ready, but sometimes a message is given, it's calculated to awaken. Well, two points I want to highlight there. In Matthew chapter 24, the quintessential gospel message, yes. right? Where in verse 14 it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will right. preach in all the world. The context of that is the love of many is growing cold. There's difficulties and, uh, and signs of Christ coming. It's not going to be in season. It's not going to be popular. But he says in the midst of that, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. That's right. We find ourselves living in these last days when the end will come. And so we have a gospel. Now, if you take that then That's right. and go to Revelation chapter 14, you will find out that in verses 1 through 5, you have those who endure to the end that Jesus referred to in Matthew 24. And then lo and behold, you have the gospel going to the world and the three angels' messages, which of course we know verse 6, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having everlasting gospel to preach to those who right. dwell on the earth. That's the gospel to the world. And the result of giving those three angels' messages is what? Then I looked and behold, a white cloud. That's right. The end comes. So we as Seventh-day Adventists, so yes. Revelation 14 is actually a fulfillment. Jesus right. was predicting, and we come to Revelation 14, we see his Exactly, he just fulfilled. zooms in on that and gives us detail. And right. that. So when we, as Seventh-day Adventists, we have to be so careful to say like, now we'll get to the three angels' message, but let's make sure we get the gospel. Yeah. When the reality is we have a specific that, a time and place and message to give to no, this world. And that just reveals a very... Uh, sad misunderstanding of the gospel. Exactly. So when we talk about sharing the word, it's not just generic word, even though every bit of the word has power, there's a specific message for this time that God has entrusted to us. That's right. I, I still think of a, there was a pastor that used to talk, he talked about Noah's day, you know, because it says it will be as it was in the days of Noah. And you can imagine Noah standing in front of the boat, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, preaching to the masses. And in this pastor's example, he said, you know, you can imagine Noah coming out and saying, Today we're going to start a six-week series on the family, and says nothing about <laughs> the boat behind the boat him. and the flood. Yeah. In, in other words, he was talking in terms of present truth, right. which Peter talks about. You 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 can't be living in these times and not give the message right. for these times. Exactly. Well, and and call it relevant. This is a quote that uh, is from manuscript release, uh, volume nineteen, page yes. forty-one. You want to read that, or yes. you want me to go? No, go ahead. All yes. right. The light that Christ revealed to His servant, that is John, the prophet, is for us. In his revelation are given the three angels' messages and a description of the angel that was to come down from heaven with great power, lightening the earth with his glory. In it, that is those three angels' messages, are warnings against the wickedness that would exist in the last days and against the mark of the beast. We are not only to read and understand this message, but to proclaim it with no uncertain sound to the world. By presenting these things revealed to John, we shall be able to stir the people. 
the usual subjects on which the ministers of nearly all other denominations dwell will not move them. Now that's powerful. It really is. It says, says that this message will stir the people, but what others are preaching is are not going to stir the people. Right. And so many times Adventists want to shy away from the thing that makes us different and well, make we, sure we, we say t- what we everybody else it. is. Yeah. We think that the message everybody else is saying is what's going to move the people, Word. but it doesn't. It does not. We yeah. must continue to proclaim our God-given message to them. The world is to be warned by the proclamation of this message. If we blanket it, mm-hmm. if we hide our light under a bushel, if we so circumscribe ourselves that we cannot reach the people, we are answerable to God for the, our failure to warn the world. Answerable to God for our failure to, warn to, the world. to, to do what God's called us to do. This is Oof. So when we're talking about witnessing, making friends for God and all right. of that, ultimately it's in the context of giving the message God has told us to give. Right. It's not ambiguous. It's not like, what are we supposed to say? No, he's given us a message. And to be clear, for Sabbath school teachers, there is a Lesson 12 coming up that talks about those three angels' messages and dives into it. But we didn't want you to leave this week when we talk about sharing the word with any kind of overt or even implicit uh, idea that, well, we're just generically sharing just Jesus in a nebulous sense when we've been given a specific task by the Lord. And, and we haven't had time to expound on it, but when we, even the, the three angels messages, I mean, we're talking about it. We're talking about the Adventist message, which is uniquely rooted and grounded yes. in the word. Yes. When we talk about the Sabbath, when we talk about what happens when man dies, when we talk about eternal things, hellfire versus, all of these things are clarifying right. who God is and what his plan is for humanity in the word. And that power of the word transforms lives. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Let's bring this to a conclusion in our final minute here. Desire of Ages 355, do you want to read that? Yes, it says, A daily earnest striving to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent would bring power and efficiency to the soul. The knowledge obtained by diligent searching of the scriptures would be flashed into the memory at the right time. But if any had neglected to acquaint themselves with the words of Christ, if they had never tested the power of his grace in trial, they could not expect that the Holy Spirit would bring his words to their remembrance. Speaking of the power of the words of Scripture. They were to serve God daily with undivided affection and then trust him. Mm. So the importance of studying the word can't be overemphasized, overemphasized, especially for Bible witnesses. Amen. Well, let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity and responsibility of being witnesses for you. Please bless our own growth as we continue in the word, but also, Lord, let it not end there. Let us be powerful sharers and uh, testifiers to the word of God and of the truth for this time. So bless every humble effort and make it great through the power and grace of Jesus. We pray it all in this name.